Gregory Ricky. Hey, that was better. That was good. Yeah, you're starting to get it back, man. I, I now I don't have to ask you how you're feeling because I can tell that since you were able to hit certain notes, you are feeling better. That's great. I think every day when you wake up, that's what you should do with your wife to find out if you guys are healthy or not. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just, just say Ricky over and over again. Uh, actually, I, I we, we actually did like a uh, like an hour long uh, talk before this uh, episode, and like to go over like uh, you know the future of the podcast and what we're going to talk about on this podcast. And um, I didn't even tell you I went to the Harlem Cigar Room last night, so I actually am a little tried out. From cigar that's, uh, yeah, that's understandable now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was uh, we're, we're having a kid like literally any day, and I was like, man, I'm never gonna get to go to the whole Harlem cigar room because I don't want to have smoke on my shirt and stuff like that. For yeah, kid, blah, blah blah blah. So I was like, let me just go ahead and go and try it out. It was awesome. I loved it. Was it? <laughs> it was so much fun. Uh, yeah. So oh, me and this uh, me and this guy that lives in the neighborhood, we went and smoked some cigars and watched some basketball. And as as lucky as I was last week with my bets, man, I'm just as unlucky this week with my bets. Oh, that's how it always happens, dude. It's got to even itself out, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, <laughs> it was the game. Uh, I had, uh, I didn't even remember what it was. Somebody lost by four, and I had plus three and a half on it. Um, and just took all my money, but a, a good that's, chunk of that's a uh, that's a uh, Scott Van Pelt bad beats right there. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I I I I bet on several different things and hedged a lot. So right, I didn't lose a ton of money. Um, but man, this the spots where I could lose, like the the small like areas, like you know. I, I, say I had like minus five and a half and plus three, whatever it was. Whereas like those two points, that's what was in yeah. all night long. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. What about, uh, what, enough about me. How was your week? <laughs> yeah, man, it was a good week. Um, I'm tired of the Panthers losing. I'm tired of that being the way that I start off Monday mornings is thinking about that. But you know what, man, I'm also acclimating, right? Like <laughs> I'm getting comfortable. It's, it's starting to become a little bit more second nature. Um, but everything else is good, dude. It's Christmas time, man. In my house, uh, my son and I were out and I was putting up some extra lights again because the Panthers lost again. Um, and we were out there and I started doing a, a mental count of how many lights I got this year. And I have comfortably surpassed the 1000 light threshold this year. Um, so I am full Griswold status. It is very, very bright at my house. Man, I mean, you drive like I live in a cul-de-sac. And the minute that you hit that turn going onto my street, it's like like almost somebody guiding you to the promised land, right? Like there is just this glow coming from the bottom of that cul-de-sac, man. <laughs> it's a really nice reveal, though, and I'm really into it. I'm, I'm a Christmas freak, so I'm, I'm happy, man. It's a, It's been a good week. <laughs> what was it? There's like a documentary of the, the, the people that had like the, the Christmas lights and, and uh, the HOA um, like was like complaining because there was like hundreds of people that came through and they sued each other. And yeah. I don't know if you ever saw it. Merry, Merry Freak, not Merry Freaking Christmas, but it was like... Uh, I don't know. It's uh, on Netflix or Apple TV or something like that. I can't remember. What I it never saw the documentary. Know which one you're talking about? It's, it's they basically turn like their street into Macadamville. If you're familiar with right. Macadamville here in North Carolina, right. it's called like Christmas Town or something like that, where you just drive through and look at all the lights. And they basically did that with their small little residential street and then just infuriated everybody. 
Exactly, exactly. And that's what I, that's all I'm thinking about right now for you. <laughs> you're just having that. You're that guy with the slice and everybody coming to see it. And everybody else is like, oh, we were just having like a Yeah, that's understand. basically what it is. Yep. <laughs> Yep. all right no one cares about any of that so let's talk about the panthers which I guess <laughs> people still care about i don't know uh but we were pretty to an extent yep yeah we were pretty on with what we were saying last week i told you that they had to score touchdowns and not uh get field goals and they were not scoring touchdowns um and they lost 21 to 18 uh, let's go, you, you, you start. You, you tell me what you, your your initial thoughts of the game was. So I thought that what I saw from them, um, the thing. So let's let's go first. I think what everyone was interested in seeing is what did Thomas Brown do with the offense again without Frank Reich there as a play caller. I thought that he opened it up really nicely um, to start the game. He operated a little bit more under center. There was a a bit more emphasis on shifts and motions and and the people that he used in shifts and motions, I thought made more sense. There was less Adam Thielen coming across. Um, He used ISM in in a couple of shifts. He was motioning Mingo frequently. Um, and, And a really fun part is that he actually targeted Mingo on one of those motions as well, which was a big part that was missing. I like that that was incorporated. That's a very successful way to get momentum and create advantages for players. Um, I thought that he also did a little bit of almost like prerequisite work for the upcoming weeks that he put a couple of looks out there. He deployed a couple of concepts that there were some backside routes that worked um, that we didn't hit this time that I think that you can go back to and revisit. And that is something I'm very interested in seeing because I think that it plays into the mental acuity of Bryce Young being able to recognize defensive looks when he has an offensive play called and say, hey, this worked, you know, last week or last week there was an opportunity there that I didn't get to in my progressions, maybe because of the protections, maybe because one was a designated clear out, whatever the case may be. I think that he saw some things that he can rely back on that could work. And that's a different element, I think, than what I had seen from the offense previously. The offense previously just looked very stagnant and didn't have a lot of um, aspects that could have worked better. So I I am interested to see what Thomas Brown does going forward with some of those looks and some of those concepts. Um, I thought that it was interesting. Defensively, we got some key players back from injury. And I thought that their usage was kind of interesting. We know that J.C. Horn, he did... He played uh, 32 snaps. That's 52% of the snap count. Now they acknowledge later that he was in fact on a pitch count. Um, yeah. So that makes sense. I think it's curious. And, and, and there's a train of thought on both of them. They're curious that it was a pitch count strictly for the first half of the game, essentially. And then no action in the second. That's probably because of the downtime after you get ramped up that they didn't want to risk the re-aggravation by bringing him back up to speed after halftime. So I, I think I understand the the thinking there. YGM played 60% of the snaps. He was on the field for 37. That's pretty in line with his usage prior to his injury, which is encouraging because that means that he's probably feeling pretty good and and relatively healthy to continue that. Jeremy Chin was the other big name that returned, and man, he was on the field for seven snaps. Um, That is telling. That is even less than what he had been. I think that it was probably safe to say at this point that Jeremy Chin is donezo here in Carolina, and, and that's something that we have got to look at going forward is 
is what can we use him this season for the remainder of these five games? Can we use him in a way that maybe we experiment with because we don't have any, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't know what you do here. And and when we have these issues in linebacker that we need someone to step in, maybe you let him play in the box more, get him a little bit more run there. But at the same time, they may also just be done with them and say, look, we've, we've done everything we can. This isn't a player that we like. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't know if he's very good. <laughs> I, I, I think he's a great athlete. And I think that he, um, was a basically a poor man's Frankie Lugu um, at his rookie year for us. And he was like all over the field and he made some good plays. Um, but I, I don't, I, I, I haven't seen that guy um, and it might just not work in the system. I don't know. Maybe he just can be better somewhere else. Uh, same with Isaiah Simmons. I mean, Isaiah Simmons yeah. just wasn't very good um, with the Cardinals and he went somewhere else and he looks bad. But I don't we just not ish, yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, uh any, anyways, uh we also we also saw ball. Raheem we also saw Raheem Blackshear Raheem Blackshear got uh the active nod. He was he was active, but he only played two snaps. Um so I, I am interested in seeing him get incorporated a little bit more. Now possibly some of that was because Tuba was as effective as he was, right? Whoa. Tuba had a terrific Man. day. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. great. Um, what do you go? 25 for 102, I believe. Um, two touchdowns. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, or one touchdown? One touchdown, right? Um, yeah, one. Was one? Okay. Yeah, because Bryce had the, or no, Bryce had the two point conversion. So maybe it was two for. I think it's two. I think it's two. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Two for Chuba. Um, now I will say this. I really would have liked to have seen. Chuba's line end at a minimum of 26 rushes for 104 yards because of those very particular situational plays on third and fourth down with one yard to go on the final drive of the game offensively for the Panthers. I don't understand why Thomas Brown got a little bit cute there. I think that he overthought things and decided, oh, I've got to do a different look. Now, at least on third down, he did come from under center and he play actioned. Um, fourth down, I, he was out of pistol, I believe it was, or shotgun. I, I can't nice. exactly remember which, which variation, but why man, when Chuba has been just like, just really rallying off chunk gains and, and bare minimum, he's churning his legs and getting the one or two yards. I think that that was a missed opportunity there. And you put Bryce in a situation on that fourth down that, yeah, man, maybe he could have hit Thielen earlier on that route because I think that Thielen had some separation. And then Bryce ends up forcing it and throwing that pick. But you just put him in a situation where he doesn't have to be in that, I think. And I would like to see a little bit um, more forethought and maybe a sharper execution on realizing situational downs. Yeah. Yeah. My overall takeaway is, man, we played not to lose that game. We had no aggression, uh, yeah. played field position, which is what you kind of expect from a special teams coordinator. Um, you know, you play the field position uh, game. Um, we got kind and of, it was monsooning for a good portion of the game. Right. That, that, that one, um, that one PI call killed us, um, the, the first part of the game, which when we get, if we play from a lead, I think that we're going to be fine. That's coming back. is just so, so, so difficult right. with this, with, with <clears throat> this small amount of firepower. Um, and just, the they didn't call the Mingo catch a catch, which it was, and then they gave us a, a phantom uh, right. PI call. Um, though that just if that goes the opposite way, um, 
I think that yeah. we're in great position to, to win that game. And we kind of been on the unlucky side of, of those calls a lot. That's not an excuse, but that has, that has right. set this set. The, yeah. Yeah. It's set, it has set us up for failure. Um, we should be able to get through stuff like that, but it has right. uh, set us up for, for uh, failure. So um, we ran, we ran the football well. We got back to the to running game, which is what we. Sh- why did we ever get away from it? Uh, more under center was uh, nice. A big right. takeaway that I had: TJ Chark only played forty percent of the snaps. Um, he didn't start the game. I was wondering if he was going to yeah. play because I had him as an anytime touchdown scorer this game, and he was yep. so close. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah uh, ISM he started the game. And I was like, is he just taking DJ's job? So I don't know what that was. I don't know if it was a um, snap count thing or I, I have no idea. But yeah, DJ Chark didn't didn't play. Well, and it. you know, they also used they used Mike Strahan because, um, you know, they promoted him to the 53 roster. And and he was on, I believe it was 31 snaps um, that they used him. So it's possible that they were almost splitting between Mike and DJ for that vertical um, yeah. concept yeah. guy. And and now Mike only had one target. DJ was more productive. Um, that probably speaks more to the chemistry of of Bryce and DJ as well. Um, but yeah, that one was interesting. Now Mingo, you brought up Mingo, and that's a good person to bring up because I thought that Mingo played a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's starting to feel more comfortable. I think he's starting to develop more of a rapport with Bryce. And honestly, man, that's the kind of stuff that we need to be looking at and trying to take take away from the remainder of the season. Right? Is building blocks. They're going to be playing in a different system in all by all means um, that I would assume right now. So really, you just look for momentum and things that you can build off of and pray that it's not the Terrace Marshall Jr. type of momentum that another coach is going to come in and completely forget about and sit him on the bench. Um, yeah, it was interesting, yeah. though, man. And at one point, I do want to touch on about Chuba Hubbard, too, because he had a really interesting quote this week when when somebody was asking him about his performance and about how he's performed so far this season. Chuba relayed a message that he had had double abductor surgery before his rookie season, in addition to a meniscus surgery, and then another double abductor surgery after his rookie season. And he mentioned that he's finally feeling back to health and that his core is finally at full strength. He says, you know, people don't realize how long it takes. And if your core is messed up, it messes up everything. And it plays a big part in everything that you do. And his exact quote at the end of it is my rookie year, it's, Chuba's falling all the time. Chuba can't break a tackle. I'm still coming off of an injury. So, yeah. So, I guess you just don't know everything. Good for Chuba, man. Because, yeah. honestly, he has drawn the ire of a portion of, of our own fan base, let alone, you know, football people outside of the Carolinas. Um, but good for him for saying, look, man, I'm, I'm my head's down. I'm working. I'm doing everything that I can. I wasn't happy and satisfied and pleased with the way that I was playing football to begin. And it also isn't the way that I know that I can play football. He's healthy this year, and he is by far our best running back on this roster. And I think that he's earned his place going forward as, at, at bare minimum, a component of that running back room. Yeah. I, I told you when uh, I, I went the preseason, and there was two guys that stood out to me as they're just different. They just look way more explosive than everyone else. And that was Mingo and Shuba. Yeah. And I still yep. think that <laughs> it's still, and the fact that I am just some dude and saw that in the preseason and we hadn't been utilizing right. either one of these guys uh, all season. It's just kind of like, huh? 
Like what? Like what? Right. I, yeah. I'm just some dude. Like, and I like I literally came right, yeah. the next day. It was like, yeah, those guys are different than everybody else. They just are better uh, yeah. or more explosive, right. I guess. And we didn't use we haven't used either one of them. Um, I think like we should uh, be. Do you want to touch on Terrace Marshall at all? Is is he just is just over? I mean, man, I don't I don't know if there's anything honestly to touch on at this point. I think that. They've got to just cut ties. He's got to go somewhere else. It's just not going to happen here. I don't know if there's any kind of um, personal aspect to any of it. I don't know if maybe him and Sean Jefferson don't have a a terrific relationship. DJ spoke to the relationship uh, between them two specifically. DJ and Terrace has a really good relationship. So from a personal way, and, and they talked about his professionalism when that whole trade request came about. I don't, or, or, or the ability to seek a trade for Terrace. I mean, I just think that they don't have any interest in having a large wide receiver rotation. That is the way that Thomas Brown operated in Los Angeles, and it's kind of carried over here. We saw five guys used this past week, but typically it has been a very big uh, three wide receiver usage, and everyone else is kind of like, you know, peppered in every now and then. But it's been three guys in the rotation all year. And unfortunately for Terrace, man, for some reason he fell out of favor. I hate to see it because I do think that he has the physical tools. But at this yeah. point, too, in the season, after having inactives after inactives, I'm ready to move on from it, and I don't even really put it as part of my equation for the Carolina Panthers going forward. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's always been a, a huge talent. Like you just said, he has the physical tools. Mm-hmm. He just never got his timing right, his footwork right. Um, he just He's not playing the position well uh, from what I've seen when he's been on the field. And especially in a Brown offense, it's got timing is everything. Um, so I, yep. I, I think we keep him obviously into the new coach comes in and sees like it takes a look at what they have and makes their decisions. Um, but I, 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 Tim and Chin, very very talented players, but I don't think that we see them. Next it just year. seems like their time has run up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, you want to talk about the Burns ejection at all? I thought it was kind of a weird ejection in general because the dude punched him in the face and then uh, Burns punched <laughs> him in the face, but Burns got ejected. It was it was just, it was just weird. Also, it wasn't really a punch. It was kind of like a like a like a mush kind of thing. You ever did mushes when you were? In- yeah, yeah. So so Sheena Sheena Quick actually talked about that exact using that exact wording and, and saying no way did she really <laughs> that it was a really nice. Yeah, yeah, and she was saying that it was a really well executed mush as well because she did example um, of how you don't mush with the top half of your fingers. You know what I mean? That's just like a little yeah. get away type of thing. You've got to mush with a little bit of that heel of the ball. <laughs> There's a real execution to it, and she was she was very impressed with the way that Brian executed his mush. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of a mush uh, justifying an ejection. Now I will say this: you do at at least to an extent. Yeah, right. I mean, there's look, there's emotions, there's all kinds of stuff going. And Brian spoke to it later in the locker room that there had been some things said that shouldn't have been said. I don't even think that it was the same player that had said that the thing that he referred to earlier in the game. It was a different player that he ended up mushing. But there's there's a way that you can look at it from both sides, in my opinion. I don't think he should have been ejected for it. It seemed way over the top to make that decision. And it's a very impactful call for the officials to make to eject Brian Burns from a football game for that. The second part of it, though, that I will say is that as 
big of a problem that we've had from a discipline standpoint on this Carolina Panthers football team, I do kind of want to see a tiny bit more restraint, I guess, of um, emotions pouring out in a physical manner after a whistle is is done. But, I, but man, look, I don't think you can hold people to doing absolutely nothing from a reactionary standpoint. And yeah. too many times in the NFL, we see the second guy is the guy that gets caught and gets penalized for something yeah. when they're not the ones that initiated the bullshit, right? Yeah. So for me, yeah. man, I don't fault Brian. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, dude, get him out of Carolina now. Now he's just beating people in games. No, man, come no. on, take it easy. This isn't Greg Hardy. We're talking about Brian yeah. Burns mushing somebody in the face after getting mushed himself. Like, it, it oh. was all part of the game for me. Also, when you're ejecting somebody, you don't think you don't go back to the replay. And be like, oh, this dude did the exact same thing to him, and then he just did it back. So right. if we're gonna also right. let's not eject anybody, but if we're gonna eject somebody, let's eject both of them. It just seems like it just seemed. I don't. I, don't, I haven't. Have, I, I've maybe seen three ejections all year, and I've seen stuff well, way more well, egregious than that. Yeah, man, and and you know, I thought that there was almost this like uh, process in place that. After your second personal foul for certain certain infractions is when it's a mandatory ejection. Now maybe it's because the ref was standing directly, you know, next to Brian and he got a really up close and personal look. Maybe that official has been mushed before in his personal life and it brought back some trauma and he was, you know, just very, very um having seen ghosts himself and, and you know it brought him back to a situation that he just didn't like maybe he's got a, a neighbor named philip that mushed him before i don't know um but it, it definitely seemed like there was a little bit of extra in play there that brian deserved to be able to stay on the field and not pay for the sins of philip his neighbor man i just love that she used the word bush that person was like 14 years old uh, yeah she had a really good example of it too man she did she a bash tire the best <laughs> Yep. Outside of that, the defense played fairly well. Um, they got, like every week, they get some weird penalty against them. But um, overall, I thought they played pretty good. Uh, Evans is just the, he's just excellent. He's just such a good player. Um, and we still need a pass rush. Uh, are the only two. Because when Horn was on the field, Horn shut down it. Like, Horn was great. Horn was fantastic yeah he got he got beat for he got beat for the big deep play to evans i believe um but for the most part man i thought and horn's shaking off rust man the guy hasn't played since what week one of the nfl season you know like he's he's coming off of a significant uh hamstring issue yeah i thought that he played pretty well and i think his pff grade was pretty high so whichever way you slice it if you're a guy who watches the tape or if you're a guy that goes to pff for their scores I think you got to walk away from it feeling pretty good about him. You yeah. just need JC to string together some uh, consecutive healthy games. That that's that's the next part of his equation. Yeah, we held Godwin to zero catches. I mean, our defense is good. We need we yeah. need a pass yeah. rush, and a lot of that was because Burns got yeah. um, got uh, ejected. Uh, Derek Brown's so good football. Um, I really really so good. like him so much. Um, but yeah, the yep. defense played well. There's, I don't really have a, like, I don't have no, I don't have notes for the defense. I want the defense played pretty well. Um, yeah, defense played good. Yeah. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about from, uh, this game that, that stood out to you? Absolutely not. No, I don't want to talk about losing a game anymore. <laughs> nope. 
<laughs> Thank you for asking, Alex. <laughs> Dude, I gotta, um, I gotta mute these people. Talk like, man, Jake Feely. The <laughs> I never see like a commentary so one sided. All they could talk about, they just lauded everybody on uh, Tampa Bay and just talked so much shit about the Panthers. It was mind blowing. Yeah. I was like. And they didn't. They didn't. They didn't know half the Panthers players' names. I was like, "Right, wow. like, tell us how you really feel, guys. Like, you no know right. objectivity at all. It's a three-point game, man. It's not like Panthers. Not even trying. Yeah, like, you're just like, oh yeah. Like from the very beginning, oh, that's, this game's over. Look at like, look how great Baker is. Look how great Mike Evans is. Look how great Peter yeah. is. Look yeah. Players playing. Oh, Bryce is not good. Bryce is too short. Bryce. Is Which, hey, long. you know what's really funny too? When we talk about how we previewed this game, and I mentioned about uh, Baker potentially having the same kind of result of the Cleveland game here in Charlotte or here in Carolina, Week One, as his revenge game. What a eerily similar game that was, right? Because he had the big play to Robbie Anderson for seventy-yard touchdown against Cleveland that kind of made his stat line look really good. Um, and then in this one, he had the big 75 yard touchdown play. Yeah. And then he had the big 75 yard touchdown play here in this one and they win. I mean, man, I'm telling you, that's a very similar line outside of the fact that he got the the win result. Um, yeah, you know, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. Move on. They they know how to win. We don't know how to win. It's okay. Um, no, I don't want to talk about this game anymore. I I think, I think, I think Bryce looked good. Bryce, Bryce, he's getting there. I think, Yeah, I think. You get you get him. I, you, Bryce, Bryce makes him really out. Throws. Yeah, they wrote him out. No, what they, you're what you're saying is exactly right. Yeah. yeah, they wrote him out. They got him under center. They they just changed looks. They got they manipulate people open. And this is that without um, our tight ends that can actually run routes. So and Chenault, which is like yeah. like yeah. guy out of them. So I think I, I expect us to for Bryce specifically to um, to start getting there a little bit more. Um, Let's uh let's talk yeah. about the news uh we got going on. Yeah. Uh so I have not been paying attention like I should be, like a great podcaster, but thank God we have you. Mm-hmm. Uh talk to us about uh you know, the person the person article. Yeah, that's uh that's been the really hot topic, and it's because it's an, a a terrific reporting um from Joe Person and Diana Rossini um for the athletic. It's a really damning report. If you're a Panthers fan, it's as long as you're not squeamish, I would highly recommend coming in and taking a look at it, reading it thoroughly, taking all the um, insinuations and the facts from the article that they lay out in in, in a really meticulous way. Um, I think one of the things that is standing out the most to everybody was this quote, and let me find it. Team sources described a Hunger Games culture at Bank of America Stadium. Coaches said they believed other staff members were text messaging Tepper behind Reich's back about issues they saw with the team. In one instance, general manager Scott Fitterer and an offensive coach went to Tepper with a coaching suggestion for the quarterback. So we know that there was the instance of uh, Tepper coming and telling Reich that they needed to incorporate more RPO concepts for Bryce Young because that's what he did at Alabama. And I am under the firm belief that that's something that Frank Reich likely used in his pitch to become the head coach here um, in Carolina. 
But they expand a little bit on things. And, and in the article, this is another direct quote. Days before Thanksgiving, with the team spiraling and Young getting pummeled, Tepper told Reich to fix the rookie's footwork. Tepper told Reich to fix the rookie's footwork. Fitterer and others had told Tepper that Young's feet were the cause of some of the Panthers' protection issues. They believed Young wasn't dropping back deep enough on his pass sets. So look, that is redonkulously loaded, in my opinion. A, you've got the thing that Tepper is going, the owner of the football team is going and telling the head coach what he needs to work on and implement in their practice regime or regiment for Bryce Young. I don't trust that David Tepper has the conceptual understanding or the uh, technical expertise to tell Frank Reich anything about football. And that is, you can have whatever personal opinions and feelings you want on Frank Reich. Frank Reich played quarterback in the NFL. David Tepper did not. I am going to defer to Frank Reich 100 times out of 100 for quarterback work. I also will acknowledge, personally, I have comment and mention of this. Um, I know every draft analyst and pundit that I respect had mentioned of this and talks about this and knows it to be a fact that Bryce does have issues with his footwork that certainly I would have liked to have seen coached in the offseason prior to coming into this season. And it kind of seems like they did not do that. Later on in this athletic report, they mentioned that that was in the plans for the upcoming offseason, that they would get to his footwork then, that they really wanted him to learn this playbook first. I, I mean, I just don't know what to tell you, man. That's not a great strategy to not work on a um, mechanical aspect that you think is going to have detriment to the system and to the execution of your offense. But I also do not agree in um, full force with this notion that Bryce isn't going deep enough on his dropbacks. And that is why nine offensive linemen have played. (laughs) That's just not the way that that works. You know what I mean? There two things can be true, man. Bryce can have things that he can improve upon. And we could also be witnessing extremely poor play by just about every single offensive lineman we have tried and have employed. So I'm not going to buy into that entire thing, dude. That just doesn't, that seems a lot of self-preservation to me. That seems like Fitterer doing everything he can to make himself seem more valuable and to deflect some of the attention off of his sixth round or his sixth overall pick, Ikemaquanu, and his struggles. Um, the decision to re-sign Bradley Bozeman, knowing that you're going into a different offensive scheme with a different bl- uh, zone blocking that we know is not Bradley's forte. And, and man, that's not, dude, I love Bradley Bozeman. Congratulations on the Walter Payton Man of the Year nomination. I hope that he wins it. What he does and what he brings to the community off the field is absolutely invaluable. Um, very worthy for that. But from a football standpoint, this has been a bad year for Bradley Bozeman. Um, and that's okay to say it's been a bad year for every offensive guard that we've thrown out there. It's, it's just, you cannot put all of this on Bryce young and you cannot try to deflect the attention from the decisions that you made about his protection. You had opportunities to draft offensive linemen. You had opportunities to sign them in free agency. You had opportunities to sign Dalton Risner as a free agent, offensive guard in season. There are a lot of remedies and solutions that could have been in place. 
that now blaming it on Bryce Young's footwork that has been mentioned in Alabama. And the, the conversation about him coming out of Alabama was that he was too deep in his dropbacks and that that was an issue. And that that hampered his protections because you're asking, the, the, especially the perimeter uh, blocking the tackles, to do a lot more and to get back in their vertical sets a lot quicker to, to protect that depth. I, that's just a crazy thing, man. Now, the sabotage element of all this, though, or the behind their backs and, and dirty macking, as I like to call it, I, I think that that is very indicative of the culture that was running rampant here in Carolina. And you listen to Jeff Saturday talk about the culture in Indy under Frank Reich, all of the gambling in the, in the uh, building. You and I talked about it the last couple of weeks, I believe. There's a lot that is coming to light that is indicative of Frank Reich not having a great control of this locker room and the players. And so you can say whatever you want that maybe he was a patsy and maybe Tepper is too involved. I think that it's, it's entirely fair to say Reich deserved to be fired. He should have took time off. He deserved to be fired. David Tepper oversteps often, but David Tepper also owns the team. He's going to do what he wants to do. Scott Fitterer has um, shown his true colors, in my opinion, as not a great talent evaluator, not great in the draft, and also lacking a a bit of um, backbone and and fortitude to stand up and hold his own and 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 really feel confident about the way that he goes about his business. James Campen, I think that this raises a flag for me. What if James Campen is that offensive coach that went to him? that went with him and and mentioned about the footwork because James Campen also doesn't want to look like, man, I've really failed this year. My unit has underperformed in a drastic way and Tepper kept me here. I, I want to make sure he knows, Hey, look, I, I think I can still fix it. I think I still have the value that you believed that I had before this year. It's a lot of save yourself. Don't worry about the collateral damage. And that all needs to be wiped out, man. If we want any chance at success with Bryce young and building a roster that uh, environment has got to change right away. And, and I will tell you, one of the most difficult parts I've had about being a fan this year, and I'm not jumping ship. I'm not going to do that, man. I, and I don't fault people for the do say that, uh, hey, I'm not going to spend my Sundays anymore watching this team. I'm going to be a fan of another team. It, it, that's your choice. It's your prerogative. Yeah, okay. I'm not built that way. I'm cut from a different cloth. I'm cut from a different cloth. I'm going to yeah. uh, stick on the bus no matter how many potholes we hit, no matter if we, you know, okay. completely wreck and do 40 flips down the interstate i'm hanging on for dear life like i am hoping that we make it through it but i'm going down with the ship right um one of the difficult parts of being a fan this year has been the constant embarrassment that i have felt on decisions and ineptitude from the top down and that sucks so i think that what you can do from an ownership standpoint to help out your fan base Make the right decision in the hiring process this time. And that doesn't necessarily mean hire the right coach. That's that's all to be figured out after the move is made, right? But go about it the right way this year. Let's do the process the right way. Let's let's be very diligent. Let's be hands-off, David, right? You step back, let the football people do the football stuff. But if you go about it the right way, at least maybe we can build some optimism from a culture standpoint. That is the mm. first thing that I believe has got to change here in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, you kind of talked around it more than saying it. It's the leaders. We have a leadership problem. And yeah. it's so obvious when we had mm-hmm. Wilkes in. The, the Wilkes, Tomlins, Belichicks, Harbaugh, the, those guys of the world that are like, no, it's all of us. 
there's if there's not one problem we're all the play calling's predictable that's why you know they're getting free pass rushes yeah the offensive line can be the best offensive line in the world but they know exactly what you're gonna do they're gonna be able to get to your quarterback yeah. bryce young's footwork yes mm-hmm. it's a problem but what it looks like is that they're trying to make him tom brady that's a, like a six however tall six five six six where he can step up in the pocket and still see everything bryce can't do that Bryce can't see everything when he steps up in the pocket, and it's going to swarm around him a lot easier than it does with the Tom Brady. And he can't use his elusivity, el- 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 is that a word, um, to get out of that kind of stuff. Where you watch like a Kyler, yeah, he is dropping back super far. Yeah, yeah, elusive, yeah, whatever. Uh, he is dropping back really far so he can see the pass rush come, so he can use those the things that he has. Uh, his God-given ability to get out of those sort of things. Russell Wilson was the same way. There's a lot of things that I, as a moron, can say that is that I think could be different. But until everybody's yeah. on the same page and everybody does their job, it's not going to happen. It's not one person's fault. There's a lot. It all goes around. It needs to be the one person that steps, steps up and says, "Guys, it's on me. We're going to be better. And if it's not, we're not better." I'll I'll make decisions to, to, to change things. We don't need to do all this passive right. aggressive, blah, 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 blah. So are we, first of all, we had a coach that wasn't a leader. Uh, I like Reich. Reich seems like a nice guy, but he wasn't a leader. We got players, Adam Thielen, I'm looking at you, vets, that want to come in and be not my fault, guys, and they don't want to take over that leadership role. You know who's playing really well? The freaking defense. The freaking defense is playing well yeah. because they got Frankie Louvu that says it's on me. They got Bon Bell that says it's on me. They got Brian Burns. They got Derek Brown. They said it's on it, it's on, on us as a collective, and I will take all the blame for all of this stuff. On the offensive side, it's like, well, the, the, the footwork, but the uh, offensive line. What? Shut, shut up. Like, be better. Just be the better. only person. Yeah, yeah. The only the only player on the offensive side that I have heard consistently taking full accountability for um, shortcomings on offense is your twenty two year old rookie quarterback right. Bryce Young. Correct. And and I'm not saying that everyone else has completely avoided responsibility, but Bryce is the one that is on that podium. Week after week saying, no, no, that's on me. And you know what? Maybe and some people will point to it and say, well, he keeps making mistakes. That's why he's taking blame for him. There are mistakes all over this field. The execution on the offensive side of this football team is garbage. And we've talked about it all season. You talk about discipline. You talk about the penalties, um, pre-snap communications. There are elements strewn about throughout this offense that are bad and that are on multiple people at the same time. And Bryce, the 22-year-old, is the only one that gets up there and says, that's on me. I personally have to be better. The offense relies on me. Without me being better, we won't be a better offense. And then you got other guys that are like, yeah, look, situations change. I was here for one reason, and now that person is gone. And so, yeah, I mean, it's situation is very different. It's like your yeah. situation is you're still employed by the Carolina Panthers, and you're still a teammate to the rest of those guys in the locker. So I don't really right. care as much about how your personal situation has changed about your intentions for why you signed here. I would like yeah. you to see the job through. And then you know what? In the offseason, after June 1st, when you don't cost us an arm and a leg and dead cap space, maybe right. we can ship you off to you know Cincinnati or, or, or Cleveland or somewhere else cold. Yeah. I had a feeling you would come in with your rings and throw them on the table. Then you can start talking to me about that kind of stuff. But until you do that, I, I don't want to hear any of and it's also not any. like a, and i also don't want that to make it seem like a huge like oh man what a jerk adam Thielen is like that's not that's not necessarily the sentiment that i'm trying to relay either on it 
But I think that at this point in the season and as um as like eggshell eggshelly as that locker room is right now and as the feeling of, of all the players and, and the confidence for this football team, I don't really think you need to even drip kerosene on this fire. I think that you can let it just do its thing. It's got enough wind. It's got enough fuel. It's going to burn for the rest of the year. We don't really need to do anything to amplify it and, and make the flames bigger. Also, you could just be like, you know what? I'm going to be a leader because I'm a vet, and that's what I came here to be. And I'm going to say, guys, follow me. Follow, like, be that yeah. guy. That would be very impressive yeah. instead of be like, oh, well, we'll see. Maybe I'm going to go to a different place, and uh, things have changed, and they, they're they winning, winning me a ring like I thought they might. Uh, like, when I went into the McAfee show and keep on telling them we were going to win a Super Bowl, it's like, you right. did this to yourself, man. I don't want to tell you. Right. Um, let's move right. on. I don't want to keep harping on, on yeah. this, but it, it is quite annoying that no one, not one guy on the offense or the coaching staff is like, hey, shut up. Let's go to work. Let's do that. You say, yeah. shut up. Let's go to yeah. work. Like Steve Wilkes yeah. would do. If, if Wilkes was here, that's exactly what he would do. Uh, um, yeah. uh, so let's talk about uh, uh, Hayden Hurst for a little bit because very, very concerning uh news about him um you probably know a little bit more than i do so i'll let you uh talk about it a little bit well i gotta find the specifics because now that you put me on here i've got to find exactly yeah, sorry, what the really- wording of this yeah 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 the wording is what i yeah, way to put me on the spot real some, quickly some sort of, um, some sort of, hold on yeah, now <laughs> some sort of like um uh amnesia kind of thing um uh um, but yeah, basically, Hurst probably won't. We won't see him uh, this season uh, because of some sort. So yeah, so it was. It was he was uh, diagnosed with post traumatic amnesia, um, and now Hayden has come out in the last two hours and actually sent out a tweet. Um, I will read that now. Um, I appreciate everyone reaching out and checking on me. I suffered a pretty nasty concussion against the Bears a few weeks ago and don't remember up to four hours after the game. Scary situation, but the Panthers have been incredible walking me through this process. So look, that's great. And now he also says afterneath it, he says, or underneath it, afterneath, what the hell kind of word is that? While it was scary, it is not career ending. I'm starting my return to play this week. So fingers crossed I make it back for the last few weeks. God bless and keep pounding. So I want to touch on it for a second real quick and then get your thoughts, Alex. Um, I am all for him making his decision on this. This is his life. This is his career. This is his livelihood. Uh, It makes tons of sense to just completely defer to that person and not put your own personal input. So I caveat all of that with that being my stance on this. For me, as as a person, as a father who thinks about situations of having a loved one go through something like this or having myself go through it, it scares the ever-living shit out of me, personally. And it would be enough to me that if I was diagnosed with something that could make you not remember uh, prior memories or have the inability to form future memories, I don't think I could be ever comfortable with putting myself back out there to sustain another injury to my brain that could make that possible if I have a family, kids, or anything else that like I want to focus on after the game of football. I hope that Hayden Hurst does what is in the best interest of Hayden Hurst. I hope that fans will give grace on it and not resort to joking or t- 
talking poorly about him for not playing if he decides not to play the rest of this year or for his performance on the year. I really just hope that everyone will put this in a vacuum and say, this is much bigger than football. This is a serious situation and and only send good thoughts and vibes for a family going forward. Yeah. Um, my thoughts on it is take it out of his hands, man. NFL start taking it out of these guys' hands. These guys want to play. They're, they're, they're competitors. They want to play. Take it out of his hands. Say, no, we don't know enough about this. Like this is the first case I've heard of. Say, until we know more about this, we're, we're, you're not competing for anything. You're not trying to make the playoffs. I know when you want to play your contract out, we're taking it out of your hands and it's not going to do anything to, to, to anyone. It's not going to help her. You will be fine. Let's, let's at least keep you out a certain amount of time until we know more about it. Until you are completely, you understand all the repercussions. You've talked to all the doctors. You, you have as much information for you and we protect the the overall concept we're starting to get away from this with concussions too beginning of the year you had to wait at least two weeks to come back from concussion you always right always miss right. the next week and now like chris Olave, who's had like four concussions uh in the past three years or something like that he played the next week didn't quite look right brock purdy came back the next week brock didn't purdy quite, yeah yeah didn't quite look right it's like we did such a good job protecting these guys and now we're yeah. not. And it just, it's like, it's not like all of a sudden these like last five concussions are like, Oh, they just got better at recovering. From it's it. no. Yeah. yeah right, right. They didn't just get better recovering from it. What is it like? Yeah. We're not stupid. Let's stop right. like, playing with these guys lives this livelihood. They want to play. We know that they're, they're, they're professional athletes. They want to play the game take it out of their hands because we yeah. we know we have the data we have it we know what can happen to these guys that's why luke keithley retired right. Right? Andrew Luck retired like we have the data behind it take it out of these guys hands, and that's personally of course hayden wants to play of course he does because he's an athlete he's a competitor and he wants to be there right. for his teammates mm-hmm. he's going to play if they allow him to play take it out of their hands is my uh is what i have to say about that and hopefully they do but We'll yep. see. Um, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, one thing we talked on real fast that is before we get to the next preview. I know we don't have a ton of time. Um, what is the deal with the the weird Bears Panthers rivalry? Like, I think everybody wants to win that trade <laughs> so much, and it's like, guys, we both suck. Like, what? Like, what? We're mad. Like, it's like the. It's like. It's like, I got, I got to think like it's like almost like we both want the promotion from. So I work, I work at Amazon, yeah. and, I, and people were like listening to at Amazon. We had different uh, rankings of levels that you we were at. So uh, I was like an L five, um, and uh, you get promoted to L six, L seven, that kind of stuff. And it's almost like the L twelves are up there, and instead of us being like the L twelves, man, like I've these guys, I, I hate those guys. It's like the two L fives going against each other because we both both want to be L sixes. <laughs> You're just like, <laughs> yeah, right. Why, why are we, are we both want to move? Like, let's just both be better. We both, we both want to move up. Uh, I can't, there's some sort of, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Though there's some sort of disdain or I guess rivalry that has formed over the off season after the trade for the number one pick and sending DJ 
everyone got into this thing of comparing the rosters and comparing where they're going to be after this. And there's just this high level of animosity, man, that carried over into the year where every time the Panthers lose, if you, if you're on the internet, if you're on Twitter, you get on there, man. And it's just like all kinds of Chicago fans in there talking about, Oh man, Bryce stinks. This is the worst decision you guys have ever made. And then they care. A lot of fans, fans will point to him and say, Hey, what is Justin Fields doing? Like, is he still a running back? Like what, what's going on there? And so you just get this back and forth that doesn't change anything. They've got our pick. They're going to get whatever the hell happens. They're going to get it. And it's like, I just don't want them to get, I don't want them to get the number one pick. And to an extent, I understand why you might feel that way. You didn't want them to have a high pick because that means that we had a bad year. I, yeah. I've got to tell you now, and I don't want to ruin, I don't want to spoiler alert the movie or anything like that, but we're having a bad year and it's going to yeah. be a bad year. They're yeah. going to get a high pick. Like That writing is on the wall. You know what I mean? I won't tell you how the movie ends, but I will tell you that it doesn't, it's not a happy ending. Right. Um, so the, the idea of, I just don't want them to get a high pick. It's too late for that one. I don't care what pick they get. I'm, they still have to hit on that. And so it is what it is. Yeah. We're going to have the yeah. 33rd pick. And you know what? If we give them the first overall pick, at least we get the 33rd pick. If we end up giving them the fourth or the fifth pick, then we're picking 37th. I'm okay going with 33rd. Like, I've got to be as close to that first round action as I can because we don't have one. So let yeah. me stand right outside the door of the club instead of putting me in the back of the line, too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's good. Yeah, it's like I don't see us fighting with 49ers fans. Like, yeah, you guys got McCaffrey and he's awesome. And like we probably lost that trade, but it's not it's not smart. It's not smart or fair to get in any kind of fight with 49ers, whether it's on the field or off. That is a machine of a franchise. And like there's nothing you can say. Yeah, well, you play with a Mr. Irrelevant as quarterback, and he's terrific. <laughs> well, it's also like you know who also traded a bunch to get up, get, 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 go up for a quarterback, and yeah, on it? that's right, Forty Niners, and they're doing just fine by doing that. Got very like, fortunate, very fortunate that they fell into that Brock Purdy situation because man, it would have been a gleaming light on that uh, decision to move up there to get Trey Lance and then trade him. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know how how I, I yes, Brock Purdy's awesome, but I don't know how much like they kept Trey Lance and they developed him like wherever he'd be at. And I saw it's like what if blah 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 blah. Um right. Brock Purdy looks uh fantastic. Um but yeah, it's just it's just it's just weird. It's just like it's like a like, little slap by happening. It's like like it's like yeah. the boxers are in the ring, like duking it out to win their like heavyweight championship belt. Well, I think that everybody's like, a little bit yeah, yeah. I think that everyone's also a little bit fatigued, man, by the losing. You know, it's like we gotta figure out something else to do. I can't continuously talk about, you know, receivers not getting separation. I can't continuously talk about the offensive line um basically whiffing on a hug and letting somebody else get back there to hug Bryce. Like there's just a lot that goes into it that I think people are tired of having to talk about. So they're coming up with these little playground rivalries. Um, it's like mean girls, like you're insecure about yourself. So you're just going to make fun of other people. And instead of being like, Oh, well, we suck. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make, yeah, you know, yep. like Bears fans, I hope you do well. You've been terrible for a long time. I hope you do well. My cousin's a Bears fan. Shout out Mark. He's not listening, but uh, <laughs> shout out Mark. He's a Bears fan. Uh, I hope they do well. I've been to Soldier Field many times. I love Chicago. Um, so yeah, I hope you do well, Bears fans. Uh, I love DJ Moore. I hope DJ Moore wins a ring with you guys. I, screw it. Yeah. I hope DJ Moore wins a ring with you guys. Um, 
<laughs> All right. Let's get into uh, if he was on the Saints, absolutely freaking not. But he's on the Bears, so I'm okay with it. Uh, there you go. So Saints, Saints uh, preview. Preview. Um, probably getting Jameis Winston, I think, this week, which actually scares me more than uh, your beloved yeah. car. Um, but uh, <laughs> love it, man. This guy. This guy. <laughs> I'm gonna just go right past that because I don't have the time to get into that yeah, one right now. But yeah, let's, let's talk about this. Yes, let's let's get right into actual things that make sense that are words that should be said. Okay, uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. That's a Week 14 matchup that we have going here down in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I'll do the uh, statistical ranks for the Saints. I'm not going to give you the ranks for the Panthers anymore. I'm I'm tired of saying 29th, 30th, 31st, 32nd. I'm tired of saying those words after saying Carolina Panthers. So I'm just not going to do it. We're at the bottom half of every, or we're at the bottom five of every offensive statistic that you could imagine. We're not terrific against the run on defense, but we are second best against the pass on defense. There you go. There's your breakdown. For the Saints on offense, according to Stat Muse, they are the 20th offense in points scored. Uh, 20th in rush yards, 10th in passing yards, and 10th in sacks allowed. Now, that will change a little bit because of Jameis Winston, right? Um, Jameis Winston on the season is 264 yards on 5.6 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. So Jameis Winston, man, this is a this is a all-time entertaining quarterback when he's on the field. I don't think that there's another way to describe him. This dude is either going to give you fireworks i'm talking explosive plays uh scrambling looking like he has no idea what he's doing and he's not even that fast or good at scrambling he just does these crazy movements where he moves around back there and looks way out of place to be completely honest (laughs) then he heaves it 80 yards downfield and somebody comes down with it and he you know just goes nuts in the postgame interview i like Jameis from a personal standpoint man seems like a super nice fun dude loves life is happy to be there Um, what he also does is he provides an opportunity for the Carolina Panthers to initiate some turnovers, to facilitate some turnovers, because we have been putrid at that element all year. Now we got the, uh, Xavier Woods interception last year, last week. That was a fortunate thing. It was kind of, uh, I don't want to say fluke because he still had to make the catch right to, to seal the play, but it was a very opportunistic, uh, interception. I will put it that way. I think that Jameis gives you a great opportunity, man, at confusing him and and creating a turnover in that in the past game. I also think that he gives you a much more dynamic offense than what Derek Carr would be operating. So it's a it's a give and take with Jameis Winston. From a defensive standpoint for the Saints, they are 16th in points allowed, 24th in rushing yards allowed, 7th in pass yards allowed, and they are 30th in sacks generated. Um, so at least if anything that you can take from that, just based off of the stats without knowing anything about the teams, you can look at it and say, they shouldn't be outstanding at getting pressure on Bryce Young. If, if there was going to be a week that our offensive line could put together a good performance, perhaps this is one of those weeks. Um, and, and it's a nice thing to have that feeling coming off of an offensive performance that as despite the fact that they scored 18 points only. You can look at it and say that was probably one of their more cohesive, uh, well-executed offensive performances of the season so far. 
So if you're going to try to do a build momentum thing, you give Thomas Brown and Jim Caldwell this entire week to watch the film of that game to see what did and didn't work. More time to implement the wrinkles, more time to focus on the things that we did well under Thomas Brown and his play calling as opposed to looking at previous film and tendencies. Um, maybe you put a little bit more emphasis on Bryce rolling out from under center. I really like that look. I think that that's something that we've got to do more. Um, and and then you, you just kind of look at it from the Saints defense. I've got a good stat here from sharp football analysis. Saints defense is, uh, they've been a little bit softer. Let's put it that way as in, in terms of scoring oh, yeah. for the opponent. Yeah. Um, well, the last they, five they games. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a big part of it, right? The last, no, no, you're good, but that's a, that's a integral part of that defense. In the last five games, they're allowing opponents to score on 39.3% of their drives. And that's good for 27th in the league. Prior to those, prior to these last five games, they were allowing scores on 29.8% of drives, which was good for sixth in the league. So they have had a dramatic shift in how easy it is. And, and easy doesn't mean that it is easy. I just mean the level of difficulty for opposing offenses to actually get points out of drives against the Saints defense. A little less stingy. stingy. And that's good news for the Panthers because the Panthers only score on 26% of our possessions. And that's like fourth worst in the league, I believe. So, or third worst. Um, So we are are in one of those opportunities that I talk about. I feel like every week I try to find these contrasting stats, right? That's my jam. And we're in another one of those situations that if things were to go our way, and at some point, man, we are going to spike these football gods and we are going to do some cool shit. I guarantee it. It may not be this week. It may not be the next week. At some point, dude, we're going to do something cool. And I'm going to, I'm going to, man, I'm going to post it all over the internet. I'm going to do an hour long podcast about that cool thing that we did. I'm going to go nuts because I've been waiting on it all year and it's going to happen, man. One day it's going to happen. We got a game on Christmas Eve. Maybe all my Christmas, uh, spirit that i'm spreading here and building at my house maybe that relays into that packers game here at bank of america stadium um <laughs> uh, but so that's that's what i'm looking at for this game i want to see i know i i'm sorry i went off the rails there i'm trying really hard to find optimism and and do something yeah. other than talk about Tampa how we Bay so Tampa Bay at home will be our game maybe yeah and we've got atlanta too right we got atlanta at home i think that that's a game that we can Maybe do something with I don't know. Um, either way, that's Don't where we stand. Jags, Jags. Uh, I like Jags um, too. Uh, go ahead, sorry. Well, yeah. Now without Trevor Lawrence, that that opens. Well, they never had it right if Trevor Lawrence is hurt. Yeah, they never had a pedigree. Yeah, team. true. Uh, true. Um, so that's that's what I look at. Um, I, I think that I don't think that I expect a huge production day for the offense. I know that I've just talked about the Saints kind of being a little bit softer. I still just don't think that we're a great matchup with them. You know what I mean? And we've already played them once this year. We know what their tendencies are. They know what ours are. You could say, well, we should have progressed and grown a little bit through the year and, and, and should present some different opportunities or some different looks and, and, and difficulties for them. I'm not 100% confident that we have or will. I think that we are going to be pretty close to what you've seen. I am not stepping out on much of a ledge for the remainder of this season. I don't feel that's beneficial to me. It's not beneficial to anybody. Um, so I anticipate this being a very similar game to what we've seen the past five weeks. I uh, We could give our score predictions, but I want to hear your take first on what you're looking for from the game. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so I'm going to go over the uh, injury report real fast. Pretty close to full strength. Like, almost full strength. Um, I, I think Von Bell, who's limited practice, uh, yesterday, 
I think that he's going to play. Um, uh, the only people that didn't practice were Troy Hill, um, Moten, Thielen, and Deshaun Williams. Deshaun Williams is the only person I'm actually worried about. Uh, I think we're going to be full, full strings. So that's a good thing. Their, uh, they, their Wednesday report was uh, uh, Taysom Hill, Cam Jordan, May, Kendra Miller, who cares? Malcolm Roach. That's a guy that you got to keep your eye on because if he doesn't play, that's we win. I think if he doesn't play, we win. Um, and uh, Rashid Shahid, which probably isn't going to play. Um, and I think, yeah, the guys to look for, Cam Jordan, who always shows up for the Panthers, they're at home. We're on our third road game in a row. We ain't winning this game unless uh, unless we get some injury luck, in my opinion. We back-to-back-to-back to back to back road games. Everybody's blaming each other. Bunch of negativity out of the locker room. Chris Tabor isn't really a rally-around-me kind of guy. Um, I don't see anything positive coming. To be fair, I don't see anything positive coming from the Saints either. And I would love to win right. this game. Yeah. Because I, I told everybody before the, the season, I said the best bet you can possibly make in the entire world is uh, Saints under nine and a half wins. I put $250 on it. I feel very, very good about it. They'd have to win out. And I'm actually probably going to hedge it. I'm probably going to bet them to win out, um, like a small amount just to hedge a little bit. It's probably a very, very huge number for them to win out. Um, but uh, I... I, that was my best bet. Then Thielen over five seventy-five yards. My second best bet. Uh, if you just if you just pay attention to me for best bets, you'll probably win money. Um, but it's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, I just told you how terrible this team was from the very beginning. Uh, they're not a very good team, but they're better than the Panthers are. So, uh, which yes, they are. Uh, um, because they got the great Derek Carr. <laughs> that's right. That's their. That's the engine that, that drives them. You're exactly right. <laughs> Um, but uh, Malcolm Roach is the king of their interior. Um, and if he misses and we can establish a run and play by our terms, I think we win the game, uh, especially with May out because May, I think we can take a few shots too, because I think we'll be able to run the ball, set a play action and maybe finally get a bomb to uh, ISM or uh, Chark or someone, uh, which would be fantastic. Because uh, I think and they they, gonna... they may have done they like I said they may have done the groundwork for one of those shots last week when they showed a couple of those looks and they had some backside opportunities I think that they could have seen that on film and maybe they deploy that same thing this week right exactly yeah um, and I think that's the way you beat the Saints is you beat them long especially with Mayo because all all Matthew's doing is he's trying to sit on routes and get those picks which he's been doing right uh, uh, he's got a lot of uh, Jesse Bates in him. Uh, for, for those specific reasons. Uh, but other than that, I don't, if we can't run the football, which I don't think we will be able to, if Roach is in the game, we're, we'll, we'll, be, we'll become, I think we'll keep trying, but we're probably looking at three yards to carry. We're probably going to hope that we win the game nine to six or something like that. Or, or um, the defense will have to make some sort of, uh, sort of great play. Um, I, if, if, so I'll go right in my score prediction. If yeah. Roach plays, I don't think we score a touchdown. So I would say we would lose. And I'm also very scared of Taysom Hill. So I hope Taysom Hill 
this is a real injury. I mean, I don't hope that he has an injury, but I hope he doesn't play. Uh, because now, wait, before you get into this, you're not about to try to give me like you're not about to try to give me like two different score predictions that are based off. No, of no, 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 no. You you are you are going to say this with your chest to give me one number? Yeah, yeah, right? no, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I think that we lose. I just hate give the Saints credit. Uh, I want to say thirteen to nine. I think we lose thirteen to nine. Um, we have the ball to score a touchdown at the end of the game, like we always do, and we don't do it. Uh, so thirteen to nine, Saints. Unfortunately, because I hate the Saints, and I would love to be wrong about this one. Okay. Um, man, this is a tough one because I don't think that that Saints offense is very good, and I don't really think that Jameis Winston comes in and makes it better against this specific Panthers defense because I think that they're going to want to run the ball, and I get that, and they do have a quality running back in Alvin Kamara. But I, I, I know what Evero will do, and Evero will do more of those one-high looks. He will put more emphasis on shutting down that ground game, and he will challenge Jameis Winston to beat his secondary, um, which I think is, is a better thing for us than it is for Jameis. I also just worry. I think that the Panthers are going to be able to run the ball against the New Orleans Saints. I think that if they commit, I think that what they saw work against a really good Tampa defense against the run I think that what they saw work and what they saw with the play action aspect from under center, they're going to put an emphasis on that. If, if if I was them, I would put an emphasis on that. I would have saw how that worked. And I would say, I think that that's the exact game plan that you can execute against new Orleans. That would also work the way that it worked against Tampa to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's this weird dynamic that's happening in my head. And it's that everything that I think can happen in the game would tell me that the Panthers actually have a shot at winning this football game. Yeah, I would feel yeah. really good about it. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> so I am going to go completely again. No, because I just don't believe in it. I don't buy it yet. Like it's, No, it's just not going to happen for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. So I'm going to look at it and say, I think it's going to be a competitive game. I think it could be a good game. I think it could actually be relatively entertaining because of the Jameis Winston turnovers and because I think that our ground game is going to get going and we see a chunk play or two from play action with Bryce Young. I'm going to say that it is... 16 to 13 Saints. Okay, yeah, we're, we're kind of kind of kind of on the same page. So you, you just have us scoring a touchdown. I do, yeah. I think that Chuba yeah. gets in the end zone again. Yeah, so we both have three scores uh for the Panthers. You just think one of them is a touchdown. I think they're all field goals. Um, yeah. I think we I think yeah. we can move the ball between the twenties. I, I I don't have see a problem with that. I just don't I don't think we can throw against that secondary. So Chuba's gonna have to break break one or the defense is going to have to score. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more gadgety stuff for ISM. I'd just like to see it a little bit, like a couple of end arounds. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just, just put him in like kind of a should not kind of, kind of role and just see him in space. Cause he's, I mean, that's the dog on, on this offense. Yeah. There ain't no other dogs on this offense. He's the one, he's the only one. And I hate that. And then it, all due respect to DJ chart. Cause I love DJ chart. Yep. He's the only dog on this on this offense, and feed the dog, man. I, 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 that's in my opinion. I I, I, want a, I want a guy that wants to win, and we got on defense. We got a lot of those yep. guys. Offense, we don't have any, none of those guys. So I want to see a few more manufactured touches from ISM. Right. See what he can do. Actually, Trimble is another one of those guys. I, I want to see him uh, touch the ball a little bit too. Um, 
But yeah, yeah I, I, I think want to see Trevor evolve to too. Assuming he's healthy, I think Trevor will be a different. Yeah, I think we we both like the under of this game. I think the over under is uh, thirty six and a half. It uh, looks like we are way below that. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. that's yeah. We're, it's going to be competitive. I think we like. It, we, there's a world where we can be, do very very well. Um, I just you got to see it, believe it, like you said, um, and I think that's where your hesitation was yeah. last week. I was a little bit more optimistic, and I was stupid for being optimistic, but. I do have a $25 bet on the Saints under five and a half. That was plus 2000 and it is still alive, baby. It's still alive. Um, <laughs> so, so I hope they, so I hope they lose out. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think that's good. I think, uh, I think we kind of hit on everything. Anything else you want to talk about from this game or anything about the, the Panthers for people to think about? No. No, I don't want to overload everybody too much here. Um, I, I think that there, you got all the main bullet points. We've talked about all the sadness. We've talked about trying to find optimism. We've talked about football. You know, we've we've touched every single talking point there is to talk about with this Carolina Panthers team, man. And I, I appreciate everyone coming back and listening, despite the fact that we keep losing. There, there are exciting times around the corner, whether it's from hiring a new coach, whether it's from breaking down what we see from Thomas Brown. We got some opportunities these next five weeks to really take a look at this football team. And, and we're going to be doing our best to come up with tangible strategies on how to make this a better football team, as opposed to talking about why this football team has been, you know, the white dog crap from the stepbrothers for the first 13 weeks of the season. I do want to say we aren't far away. I, I my personal opinion, the defense is solved when healthy. And we need. I think we need one pass. We need to, we need to get the Burns uh, contract taken care of. We need to sign one more guy that can, or maybe somebody steps up and becomes that pass rusher. The secondary, when fully healthy, is great, especially in, with Evero. Lulu is a superstar. Brown's a superstar. Uh, Burns is a superstar. Our defense is great. We got to find a receiver or two. Got to upgrade the offensive line. But outside of that, man, I like. There's not much that I, <laughs> outside I, I, of that. <laughs> I, I think we're pretty attractive for a new. Like say, uh, I mean, say say T Higgins. Say we just throw a bag at him. We have T Higgins yeah. now. What coach? What coach? Honestly, wouldn't want to come and be like, oh, so you don't have a first round pick, but you have your defense taken care of. You have your receiving core. You need probably need another piece and uh, another piece in the offensive line, and you got a, a quarterback and a rookie contract that shows some promise. Yeah, we're not far. I don't think. I mean, as bad as it is to say, because we're we're terrible, but this still is the team that we thought they were. You know, uh, um, before the season started, talent wise, and I still think it's there. We got we got unlucky with injuries. Uh, We got unlucky in games. We we've been in almost every game. Uh, I I think it's just going to take a Steve Wilkes or a like somebody to come in and be like, yo. This is how it's going to be. You guys are going to buy in because I'm the smartest dude in the room, and let's 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 go. I, I, th- I think this could be a real fast turnaround. I just want to touch on that. I don't want to spend too much too time like debating that. I just want to kind of say that it's it's not all doom and gloom, in my opinion. I think that um, we're we're not far off, but I think we need some significant changes in the uh, the leadership standpoint. That's it. 
All right, let's get out of here. Uh-oh. There you go. Yeah. You did it. Let's go. Beat the freaking Saints, man. We swept them last year. We're going to at least get yeah. off of them this year. Um, and we're going to end it like we do Hell every yeah. single time with a keep pounding. Keep pounding. <laughs>